3: The first date went well, the second date even weller, the third date, well that's the wellest a date has ever gone for you. You've spent quite a bit of time lately with this person, your friends are all excited and so happy for you, except for the one secretly in love with you, they're very jealous. But now there's a question whispering in the back of your mind, and that question is, How do we maintain a constant, unbreakable facade that we are always completely chill and cool at all times? Alternatively, you can be honest with the person you're seeing and talk to them about, dun dun, your mental health. Because sooner or later, you'll have to. I know that sounds scary and like a personal threat, because it is. I'm going to call your partner and dob on you for having anxiety. Just kidding. Or am I? Being honest can be very scary, but secondhand panic attacks are also very scary, especially if they turn into first-hand panic attacks. So how do we go about actually having the talk? How do we not let anxiety get in the way of us having anxiety? This is Love Me, Love My Anxiety. My name is Kevin Jin. I'm a Sydney-based comedian here to guide you through the ups and downs of dating when you're already partnered up with anxiety. At what point would you reveal to a potential partner that you have anxiety?
0: Initially, in my like, very early relationships, I don't think I would really ever reveal it until like a point,
2: you know, I'm just really good at faking it and masking up. I would bring it up straight away. Maybe not, you know, the first date or anything, but pretty, you know, early on.
0: Like, why would you do that? You're shooting yourself in the foot, really.
3: Everyone wants to show the best version of themselves in the early stages of dating. I wanted to be seen as a tall buff guy with great cooking and cleaning skills, because I am. I recently appeared on the SBS series called The Swiping Game, where people talked about how they handled broaching the subject of mental health with potential partners.
1: Like, if I was dating someone, I wouldn't be like, hey, guess what? I got a mental health issue. Do you?
0: Like, nah. It's not something you generally bring up straight away. You know, it's probably not a Hey, you know, I'm, I'm crazy and sometimes I, you know, cry myself to sleep for no reason.
3: I've never explicitly disclosed um, having anxiety over Tinder, but I kind of feel like my whole persona just kind of like radiates like a high resting level of anxiety. So like attracts like.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't put it in a profile just because it's not a person's identity as far as, you know, who they really are and stuff.
3: I rarely
1: say straight off the bat, hey, I've got mental health issues because like most people have a misconception about it and they think, ooh, he's fucked up. I didn't really know how to explain it because sometimes you just
0: don't know where to start. It's overwhelming for anybody. The right time is hard to know in a
2: relationship, but like if it's somebody that you just met on a first date and they're like telling you their deepest
0: traumas and secrets, that's a big red flag. I'm not feeling secure in in the relationship to be open and vulnerable about my history of trauma and how it still plays out in my life now, they're probably not the person
1: for me.
3: (laughs) When I've been dating while anxious, I've sometimes hoped that the other person also has anxiety. Once you have anxiety, you're pretty good at recognizing it in other people. It's like, oh, you hyperventilate sometimes, I hyperventilate sometimes. I've been to therapy, you've been to therapy. When I first met my fiance Ingrid, we were at a party and I took one look at her and I went, Oh, she has social anxiety. Frankly, this saved us from the big drama of when do you reveal your true self? Because our emotional admin from the get-go was very efficient. I got really lucky meeting Ingrid, but it's not like this for everyone. There's a good chance that the person you're dating doesn't have anxiety and has never experienced a panic attack. Imagine that. Must be nice. It's quite the paradox. How can we be comfortable showing our partners the most uncomfortable aspects of ourselves? Man, I'm so profound. I spoke to my good friend Lauren Bonner, professional hot and funny girl who literally has an honours degree in drama. As is traditional for comedians, we recorded our conversation for a podcast. Hi Lauren, welcome to Love Me Love My Anxiety, how are you going?
0: i'm good thank you kevin thanks for um honoring the the info pack that i sent you before we chatted which was please say hot before funny it's very important distinction to me
3: (laughs) what kind of anxiety do you have
0: um do you mean like clinically or like um just like vibe
3: uh, a bit of both
0: um I'm someone who definitely has had that formal diagnosis of depression anxiety you know I've done the das quiz I've also very recently found out I have like um, ADHD yeah. and I think that kind of all intertwines
3: when you have anxiety you might want to keep your cards close to your chest at first so when is a good time to tell someone you're anxious Lauren's advice is not to rush these things
0: you need to like protect yourself and also like, social standards dictate that you don't like go on a first date and you're like hey I have trauma and this is it and now it's (laughs) your problem because it's not their problem it's literally um your responsibility so I think like you just ease them in but your kind of personal things that you hold close to yourself and whether that is like good or bad or like trauma or anxiety and things like that like that is personal to you and you only want to tell people about those things that you trust because if you just tell someone that you don't trust all of this stuff that is really vulnerable and they don't like respect it or they don't kind of give you the same vulnerability back like that will feel really bad yeah and that will feel like a rejection so you don't want to like walk in a total like soft shell crab like vulnerability 101 on day one um Because that's not healthy.
3: Yeah, I remember I went on a first date once with someone. And one of the first things that they opened with was like, oh, yeah, I had a family member pass away. And it was just like this really big, like heavy thing. And I was like, oh, oh, are you okay?" And I just entered like, you know, really like caring support mode really, really early. And in hindsight, like, I now know the word trauma dumping, which is, like, what you were talking about. But in hindsight as well, it's just, like, there should be, like, a gradient of, like, trust. And the fact that, yeah. like, there wasn't trust built up already. The trust was just assumed. That I think was a big red flag already.
0: Yeah. It's like the what are we, which is my favourite three words in the English language. <laughs> Because I've been in a few serious relationships, but they've been quite long term, so they're kind of far apart. I was really not able to be in a serious monogamous relationship straight away, and so we were really communicative from the get-go of being like, hey, like, we're having such a good time, but I can't be the girlfriend yet at the moment. Like, I can't deal with that. I just got out of a relationship. I was dealing with stuff. I didn't want to do it. And so we really kept it, like, like that for, like, a year, And then, I mean, I just, it could have been better obviously cause then what happened was I just like freaked out and I was like, I really like you and I'm scared. And uh, he thought I was gonna break up with him but then I was like, no, let's just do this.
3: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And now we
0: live together. So, I mean, that's how I did it. Is that how I would do it? I don't know if there's any other way.
3: At what point in a relationship would you let a partner see the real you?
0: I like to be honest and I think I'm myself but I think you can't help kind of hiding little parts of yourself and even little things that come out more and more when you start living together like I've been living with my boyfriend now since the beginning of the year and yeah it just becomes a little bit more serious like my need for certain things to be a very specific way in the house Mm. and those kind of controlling behaviours come out a little bit more when you're living together like in that smaller environment.
3: Mm-hmm. It's a daunting prospect figuring out these complexities within yourself and how much these complexities form who you are. Again I'm so profound. I spoke to Cassie No, a business owner who lives with anxiety and depression about how she prefers the upfront approach.
2: You know now that I have greater awareness of it, I would bring it up straight away. Maybe not, you know, the first date or anything, but pretty, um, you know, early on I would recommend mm-hmm. because not only gives that other person that heads up, but it also destigmatizes it
1: mm-hmm.
2: because a lot of us are living with it, but yet they don't know. Mm-hmm. So by being transparent about it, it creates that awareness Uh, in the community yeah so it, it also helps give you feedback in a way like for example if you are appearing to behave irrationally so an anxious person might not see that but if you have told that other person that you have anxiety there would be a lot more empathy and understanding and so that person might say oh you said that you wanted chicken but really you wanted beef so what are you really saying is this your anxiety that's saying this or is this
3: yeah Yeah, my partner and i like we both have anxiety and that was one of the things that we talked about very early on in our relationship and sort of like we've been together coming up to four years now and like one of the signs that our partner is like being anxious is if they take too long to answer the question hey what do you want to eat and if they're taking too long we always follow that question up with okay what's what's up how are you going please talk to me what's what's happening
2: (laughs) but isn't that generally a a question that A lot of couples fight over
3: what do you want to eat no no, i asked you first (laughs) oh not me because uh, my partner is a white girl from the country so (laughs) it's generally like they will just accept anything like oh i boiled broccoli for half an hour and it's like a pile of mush do you want to eat that well not really but i still will (laughs) so yeah it's kind of like uh figuring out the tells of when the other one is anxious and
2: uh yeah triggers certain triggers
1: yeah yeah um,
3: yeah yeah As people with anxiety, we can get stuck into thinking that we are broken or that there's something fundamentally wrong with who we are. And even worse, we know these fears are irrational. How can we be so rational about being irrational? I spoke to psychologist Smruti Nair, our resident anxiety aunt, to get her advice.
1: There is no playbook for when to tell someone that you, know, you experience anxiety and you have to kind of take it at your own pace.
3: It's important to look out for yourself and look out for signs where it might not be safe to share that you have anxiety. Here are some red flags.
1: In terms of what you can expect from a partner, if you're hearing condescending comments about experiences of mental health or mental illness, if you're hearing them being judgmental about other people, Well, maybe not a great idea then to actually tell them it might not be safe for you. But also consider the fact that a lot of us actually have prior experience with anxiety, either first-hand or second-hand supporting somebody else with anxiety, and try to figure out if your partner also might have some experience with that, and if that can kind of open up the conversation for both
3: of you. What if you're on the receiving end of the big anxiety reveal?
1: I think if you're the partner who's getting told this, it's really important to be sensitive and to not judge the other person. Look, they've trusted you enough to be vulnerable in front of you and tell you that they experience anxiety, and judging them and shaming them is not going to help anybody Mm. in that situation. Mm. If you're the partner, I have a lot of advice for you as well, because incidentally, this is the experience that I hear about in therapy sessions too know, a lot of the people I work with um, are partners or carers of people with other mental health conditions. So sometimes it's almost impossible, you know, to quell that feeling of wanting to help the person you like or you love. You want to you know, help them be better. You want to fix them. You want to make all the anxiety go away. But recognize that you're their partner. You're not their therapist. Mm-hmm. You know, and it shouldn't be on you to fix their anxiety or cure their anxiety. That's not on you.
3: So how does a partner support you?
1: Provide validation and point them in the direction of resources and other professionals who can help them. Also recognize that, you know, when the other person is feeling anxious, when your partner is feeling anxious, they might not actually be able to articulate to you what they need in that moment. If you want to find out what helps them best and how you can be of support to them, have that conversation when you're not anxious. Mm-hmm, yeah. Have that conversation when both of you are feeling safe, when you're feeling emotionally connected. Talk about it and come up with a plan so that next time when your partner's feeling anxious, you know how to empathize with them. You know that you know they need to drink a glass of water or they need to have some space to practice breathing. Whatever it is, have a flexible plan. If you're the partner or somebody with anxiety, also be prepared to have your social life and your routines perhaps not go exactly to plan. You will need to be a bit flexible and a bit giving. And of course, you're allowed to have your boundaries, you know, decide how much is okay for you, decide what you actually can deal with and you can't.
3: The nature of the beast is that even when things are going well, you worry that they aren't. Lauren, who is in a happy relationship, still faces insecurities.
0: Just that doubt that creeps in, no matter what. Like, I'm in the most stable relationship with the nicest guy ever, Mm. and we communicate so well. And yet, there is still always sometimes that voice that is like are you mad at me? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did I like, am I, is he, are you okay? Like you're saying that you're okay, but I actually don't believe that you're okay. Are yep. you actually fine? Like that I think becomes a bit of a problem that self-doubt and that can be like exhausting to be on the receiving end of someone who's just like constantly doubting your basic kind of emotions.
3: Ingrid and I, my fiance, we have like a safe word, but like not for sex. We have a safe word <laughs> where like, if we say we're fine, and we say the safe word, the other partner just goes, oh, you're fine, I will act as if you are fine now. Yeah,
0: that's literally, like, I was almost at a point of wanting to introduce that because sometimes you are fine, but you still need a minute, and you might not look that fine, Mm. but you're like, no, don't keep pestering me about it. So, like, yeah, that is a good idea. What's the safe word? Uh,
3: It's a secret because it's, like, a really dumb (laughs) in-joke, and I don't (laughs) want to let anyone outside our relationship know ever. Fine. (laughs) Fine. So after all this talk about biting the bullet, remember, take it at the pace that feels right for you. And remember that the anxious parts of you are still parts of you and you deserve to be supported. And also, no singular person can provide all of the support all of the time. Mental health is not about quick fixes, but rather regular maintenance and holistic care. A good partner is not a therapist and vice versa. Unless you're dating a therapist, but I'm pretty sure they're not allowed to be your therapist. Next episode, we'll be talking about anxiety and S-E-X. That's right, stressful erotic experiences. The issue with anxiety dick, as I like to call it, it's the invincible monolith in that
2: once it starts, you can't defeat it. Like you can't think your way out of it. It's, it's
0: just over.
3: If this episode raised any issues for you, you can contact Beyond Blue 24-7 on 1300 222 4636. Or, for 24-7 crisis support, call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Love Me, Love My Anxiety is a podcast from SBS Voices. It's hosted by me, Kevin Jin, produced by Caitlin Chang, and audio production by Jeremy Wilmot. Additional audio is from The Swiping Game, directed and produced by Nia Nguyen. Our executive producers are Natalie Hambly and Danielle Teutsch. Don't forget that if you want to learn more about dating when it comes to mental health, you can catch me on The Swiping Game, streaming now on SBS On Demand.